day of and speaking of schmoozing this is a musar schmooze from Moshe Rabbeinu Moshe Moses is giving a pep talk to the Jewish people before they enter the land of Israel so yesterday what we covered was that if you will keep the mitzvot when you will keep the mitzvot then God is going to bring you, God is going to love you, He's going to take care of you, give you blessings, He's going to get remove all illness, and He's going to just take care of your enemies. But as verse 18 says, don't forget, um, I'm sorry, don't be afraid of your enemies, remember what God did for you in Egypt, don't forget what happened in the past, remember your past, don't be afraid of your of your enemies, God is going to take care of all that for you. And when you get there, when, when you're in that position where you've, you've neutralized your enemies, make sure you get rid of their idols. Don't bring any of that into your house, etc. Then in chapter 8, we started. He says, keep the mitzvot. Start what you, finish what you've started. And now in verse 2, remember, this is where we left off yesterday, remember the road, the path. That God took you for 40 years in the desert. And here the verse says that there was a purpose for it. There was, it wasn't just wandering in the desert uh, aimlessly. There was a purpose, a deliberateness to what was happening. What was it? In order to afflict you, to test you. Right? So this. 40 years in the desert was a training ground. Ladas, to know, to know what's in your heart. Are you going to keep his mitzvahs, his commandments, imloi? So in the, in, the, um, in the desert, they're being tested to see whether they can actually follow the rules. Verse 3, He afflicted you and he starved you. He let you go hungry. Now this is a, a big question. What do you mean he starved you? Didn't they have the man? And in fact, the very next words are, He gave you the man. So what's the test over here? What is the test of the man? Wasn't the man of this beautiful thing, this miraculous thing, which tasted like anything you wanted it to taste like? It was free. It was delivered daily. Amazon fresh. So what was what was the test involved with the mana? So the verse tells us, The man was something that you did not know. It was something weird. Uh, your your forefathers did not know of this man, and so as the commentaries explain, the the uh, the fact that the mana was unknown, they didn't know if it will continue coming. They didn't know what are the what is the impact of uh, of the mana on the human being. You know, studies had not been it wasn't approved by the FDA. And what was all this for? In order to let you know, okay. So the verse is really telling us. Now, what was the, the, the big thing with the mana is that you could not store it. You couldn't keep it one day to the next. What if you tried to, to, uh, to hoard it, tried to store it, it would, it would spoil. You had to rely on God that every day, yes, the mana is going to come. Why was that so important? This verse is super important. It says, It's not by bread alone that a person lives. Whatever comes forth from the mouth of the Lord does man live. In other words, when you're going to go into the land of Israel, you're going to start planting and you're going to be <clears throat> making the food yourself, quote unquote, or think that you're making it yourself. 
Don't forget the lesson of the mana, that where does our sustenance come from? Not from our great genius, but from God. We make the tools, we, we create the vessels for God's blessing to come to us, but always remember the mana. In fact, many have the custom to read the mana, the, the portion of the mana, every single day before they go to work. Why is that? Because when we go to work, there's always that risk that we're going to forget where the blessing truly comes from and start to attribute it to ourselves. Verse 4, Your garments did not wear. What, what did the Jewish people do in the 40 years? How did they get new? How, how did they, uh, I mean, can you wear the same shirt for 40 years? So you may have said, well, we learned that there were merchants who would come by selling things to the Jewish people and they did buy things in the desert. So maybe they bought clothing versus no. They had the same clothing. Their clothing, loy volsa, did not wear out from upon you. Viraglecha loy your feet did not blow up. As Rashi says, loy So batzek means dough. So literally translated would be your, your, your feet did not become like dough. As Rashi explains, it didn't swell like dough which is the way of people who walk barefoot, that their feet become blown up. So these miraculous things were happening to you. Your clothing wasn't getting ruined. Your feet were remaining uh, normal. For 40 years. Let's look at Rashi regarding that your simla, your garment, your clothing did not wear off, wear out. Says Rashi, the clouds of glory, would rub their garments, and would clean them like freshly laundered clothing. Even their children, so there are two issues with the clothing, why you might need new clothing. One is it's getting worn out, it's getting dirty. The other issue is what if you grow? So for the adults, they probably stay the same height, but the children are getting uh, bigger. Don't they need new clothing for every Rosh Hashanah? They have to get a new outfit. So then he says, no. Their clothing was miraculously growing with them. It was elastic. Like the shell of a snail that grows with him. So these are the miracles that are happening in the desert. Verse 5. You shall know with your heart. Is his son, Hashem The Lord your God is chastising you. You shall keep the commandments of your God, to follow in His ways and to fear Him, because the Lord your God is bringing into you into a good land, a land with brooks of water, nachale mayim, ayanot fountains. We have the gefen, which is the grapes and wine. Uteena, which is figs. Verimoin is pomegranates. Eret zeishemen udevash, a land of oil-producing olives, udevash, and honey. And honey, as we've learned in the past, does not refer to the honey of bees, but to the honey 
of the dates. And so you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. These are the seven special uh, produce of the land of Israel, which has its implication in Jewish law. If you eat any of these um, fruits, you're going to have to say a special after blessing called me'en shalosh, whereas if you ate an apple, it's a different after blessing. There's also an indication of what you're supposed to eat first. If you're impartial to what fruit you want to eat, you have to look at how they appear in the verse and choose by that. So this is this is the land of Israel. Also, very importantly, the laws of Bikurim, the first fruits, they are taken from one of these, any of these seven, you have the laws of the first fruits. You have to take the first one that ripens. You got to bring it to the coin. Verse 9, this is a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. Miskenut, is scarcity or poverty. You will lack nothing in it. This is a land, whose stones are iron. From the mountains, you will you copper. Here we have the laws of benching, of saying the grace after meals. And what does the verse say? Via chalto, if you will, you will eat, visavata, you will be satiated. Uveirachta, then you will bless God. You still have to bench. For the good land that He has given you, and this is actually part of the benching. Uh, this verse is cited in the benching in the in the prayer after eating bread. So, uh, just a halachic idea is the Torah is saying that if you eat and you are satisfied, then you have the requirement to say the blessing. If you are not satisfied, then by biblical law, you're not required to say. So if you just had a little bit of bread, an olive-sized bulk or uh, an egg-sized bulk, you would be required to say the grace after meals by rabbinic law, but not by biblical law. The biblical law is only if you're actually full. That has some halachic implications. Let's... Um, Let's pause here and open it for questions or comments. Going once. Okay, I'll jump in. <laughs> you don't have to. We can keep going. Um, well, the only thing I, I noticed was is faith. faith. Um, every day faith and it's showing you even how things are created through faith it does it's not saying how it comes to you it's saying that your requirement is that faith on a continual basis and that each one of you having faith produces the mana produces the new clothes produces that hashem is doing the actual actions are coming from Hashem. Our faith is our required action. Am I act? Am I, I meant to ask that as a question because I don't know. I please tell me if I'm missing something there Excellent. or if I'm wrong. Excellent. And the fact that the, the reading for today, we were still doing yesterday's spells that out. So let me actually look at that here on verse 11. This is still chapter eight. Be very careful lest you forget the Lord, your God, when you can have all this goodness, and you you might you that's that's a and ironically you have all this goodness as a blessing from God, and you would think that would bring you closer to God, and it should bring you closer to God. But there is the risk that once you've got the corner office, now you forget how you got the job, 
And who helped you get there? The Vilti Shmoy Mitzvah of then you're like, ah, we don't really know. The guy who prays for the parking spot. And then once he gets it, he said, oh, God, I, I'm, I'm good now. I've got the parking spot. The Vilti Shmoy Mitzvah of then you'll say, I don't need to keep these his commandments um, that, that are being commanded today. Lest you eat and be satisfied. And you're going to have nice houses. You're going to build. And you're going to you're going to settle in there. You're going to have lots of animals in silver and gold. And verse 14, your heart is going to grow haughty. And you're going to forget the Lord your God who took you out of Egypt from the house of slaves. You're going to forget where you come from. You forget what God did for you, that he took you through the desert, the great and awesome desert, place of the snake and the serpent and the scorpion and a place of thirst, Simaon, where there's no water. And what did God do for you in that desert? He took water from a rock. He gave you man in the midbar that you did not, your forefathers did not know to do good for you in the end. You will say in your heart, this is a powerful verse, verse 17. Very famous. It's the by my strength of my hand that that has accumulated this wealth for me, i.e. not God's. Verse 18, you should remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you the strength to make wealth. In order to establish his covenant, which he swore to his fathers. And if you will forget, and you will follow the false gods, and you will worship them, then I I promise you, I attest, that you will you will not make it. You will surely per perish. And what will happen to you, what happened to the other nations, if you don't listen, here you have the word again that we began the parsha with, Akev, in the voice of the Lord your God. Um, I'll end off on a positive note. One more verse. Shema Yisrael, listen, O Israel, you are passing in, crossing over the Jordan to go and to inherit nations, Gidoilim Vatsumimimeka, who are greater and stronger than you. Orim Gidoilis Uvitsuris Bashamayim. And as Rashi says, Ata Otsum, you are very strong, but they are even stronger than you, and yet you are going to conquer them. So we'll uh, close it there. Thank everyone for joining us. Unless anybody has a question, real, real quick, yeah, yeah. Sean's question sort of phrased it in terms of faith, but the way we show faith is by keeping the mitzvot, right? Right. So faith is uh, sort of a Christian concept, but for us, we show our faith by doing what God has asked us to do. So faith, I wouldn't say is a Christian concept. If faith. I mean, it's been said that, you know, if, you, if somebody just believes in, the, you know, and then they're, they're no matter what they've done in their lives, that's what I've heard. I'm no expert on other religions that um, no matter what you've done in your life, there's some faiths that claim as long as you believe a certain thing, you're going to heaven. And there we have, you know, Judaism obviously, um, obviously places a very great emphasis on action, but that's not to say that faith is not a Jewish concept. Having faith is very important um, because that would lead you to action. If you have the faith, it would lead you to action. Of course, we also have the idea that you have to stick with the action, even when you're not feeling the faith that we talked about yesterday a little bit. So I would just rephrase that and say, yes, there's a great emphasis on action, but here the Torah is, is emphasizing the faith. Don't forget where it all comes from. Remember where it comes from, and it will continue to come to you. Don't be afraid. 
That is, the more you put your faith in your own um, power, so to speak, which is really non-existent, then you can fall into fear. Because if I'm the one who, who makes it happen, then my insecurities can come in and create fear. But if I recognize it all comes from God and I'm just planting the seeds and showing up, then um, then it's God. God can do anything. Then there's no reason for fear. And we don't block out the blessings that would come from God by by um, you know putting up the the, the barrier of, of limiting it to what we could achieve in our in our limited way. So have faith, be happy, and do what you need to do. That's the sum up, the recap. Excellent. Well, good to see you, folks. And we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow for more Parsha. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi. Have a great day. And you too. Tonight. See you tonight. See you tonight. Thank you. Have a great day.